dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points gon' pile up That is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now You made it. You made it. Yeah, I had to restart my computer, did a bunch of updates, and then it updated Zoom itself too. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, man. That's pretty that's pretty good for a 37-year-old. Ah. <laughs> for, an old, for an old man for, an for old another man. 12 hours or something everyone welcome to episode 94 of dynasty underdog i'm your host Jariah dawkins join with me tonight billy Boone, josh goldberg what is good fam six more to go and then the big one <laughs> double o what up what up what's up i guess uh you guys just brought it up right before we started recording but let's go ahead and say r.i.p to marion barber you know being the cowboys fan i am uh, watching that dude run Kind of like Billy was saying, you know, he'd be a star in the league, you know, now the way he runs and just, he was so fun to watch. Um, they found him dead in his apartment. I think he's, yeah, I mean, he's not that old. So. 38, I think, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, RIP, if you go on Twitter and you just like look for clips of him running, you'll see just how insane and strong he was. It was, it was, it was something different. He, he would turn nothing into something like all the time. He certainly was beast mode before beast mode, right? Like he kind of ran, yeah. ran like Marshawn Lynch did a bit. I think I, and, and that the, the clip is going around Twitter all over the place. The one where he was back in his own end zone against the Patriots. <laughs> and I remember watching that live, just absolutely maddening. I was just screaming at my television, just super upset, but he was so much fun to watch. We were talking about this before uh, the pod, before we hopped on, just, <laughs> so much fun to watch that guy play but yeah super sad really really crazy and i wouldn't be you know you don't want to speculate obviously whatever but i would not be surprised if it has something to do with cte you know just given the way he played and everything and kind of the circumstances just being found like that so really really sad news we'll see what happens there obviously but all right no that's out of the way r.i.p all right this one is kind of cool uh news and nonsense uh david and joku he got a deal done four years 57 mil super sweet uh david and joku's a guy that I've just always had a lot of confidence and faith in the same with OJ Howard. I think they were both drafted the same year in the first round. And I thought they were both studs. I wouldn't run both on my team. And I've just, you know, it seemed like every year it's like, isn't David Joku going to get traded? Is he going to get cut? And the, the team always says, no, we have a role for him, but it's fantasy players where it was like, then why isn't he, you know, producing top 10 numbers and all this other stuff. But if you look at the quotes from the front office, they're saying, you know, his ability to block in line, his yards after the catch ability everything he does is a versatile he's like all in one player getting one player that can do all those things it just lets you know the organization truly is behind this guy and for someone that i've always been rooting for uh this is this is wheels up i love it how do you guys feel about it this is uh this is a deceptive contract i feel like okay because if we're being honest i mean great for njoku right like you said he he obviously to to the cleveland browns is an all-around tight end and does a lot of things, but he certainly hasn't produced $57 million worth, in my opinion. Uh, I certainly don't understand, like, where this came from. Like, that's a lot of money, a lot of years. I think that there's, like, some outs in this deal, and and some of it might be more incentive-based. So not that I'm here to break down the contract. I just am, like, shocked that this is what he got, and I think that it puts kind of, like, a shiny, like, gloss over what might not be actually that important of like a factor in fantasy like yeah like he's got a four-year 57 million dollar contract but does that actually mean he's going to produce the way we want for fantasy like he might just still be a guy who's between tight end six and and 12 and scores that points per game per week right like he and just has a nice contract honestly i mean he got paid as the fifth highest tight end you got to figure he's going to put up numbers kind of around there but with, I mean, I've always been a fan of Joker going back to UM days. I was always high on him coming out of the draft originally. I was hoping he was going to be able to score and put up points. Obviously, it didn't work out the way we expected. They always kind of had somebody else in front of him. But now that he's a lead man, 
I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm happy for him. He got paid. You always want to see a player get paid. He has some decent guarantees in there. But at the same time, it's like, shit, I was betting my whole offseason on Harrison Bryant. Yeah, well, I would never want to bet your whole offseason on a uh, a backup tight end. Well, but I'm just <laughs> future for the this future. This kills him, though, right, a little bit? Uh, I, I mean, it definitely – you need to tamper your expectations a little bit. But I think that there's still some hope for Bryant. Like, these guys take a couple years to break out. I think this will be his third year. We've already seen him do pretty well. And now he's the second guy in an offense that – typically wants to use two tight ends maybe with Deshaun Watson that changes a little bit we'll see but I think still behind Njoku who has been injured from time to time like this is a perfect spot for you to hold like a backup tight end which you've been holding anyway so I, I, let me ask a question for anybody who wants to answer like what is Njoku worth is he worth a first round pick now let me funny you should ask that I'm in the middle of negotiating right now Njoku for a first in fantasy you're you're trying to trade him away or trade for him no i'm trading him away for 105 oh i would do that in a heartbeat yeah well i'm just waiting on the other kid to come back at me with the counter but he really likes njoku i'm hoping we get this deal done and let me just preface it when i said i would space my whole offseason on brian that was based on the fact that i expected njoku to get traded so did i so did i, I. Mean, yeah i did not expect him to get this uh, contract especially this kind of contract i really figured if he did get a contract it would probably be a one-year deal with an out or a two-year deal with an out well he um, had the he, he had sorry to cut you off he had the uh he was under it. what was that he was tagged wasn't he he was tagged that's what i was trying to say thank yeah. you for finishing my sentence i couldn't finish um he was tagged so he we it was exactly what we thought and then they got a deal done no i mean again i'm happy for him i think brian will still produce i'm still holding on to him it's not like i'm going out panic selling him right now or anything but the other question comes into play is Obviously, we're, each day we're getting closer and closer to the season starting, and we don't have a resolution on Watson and what's going on with him other than the 23rd accusation came out yesterday. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, <laughs> so then, let, let, hypothetically, let's say he uh, is suspended for the season. It's so bad you have to laugh. It's not funny. I know. Uh, what, what was that? Uh, what if he gets suspended? The no, entire- hypothetically, let's say he gets suspended the entire season. That's the way his contract was kind of structured with the Browns anticipating him get suspended this season but then you're down to if they still hold baker mayfield or jacoby Brissett, you got to figure with either of them they're going it's going to turn back into a run heavy offense with tight ends being the primary benefactors so if that happens i completely could see njoku and brian playing at the same time with a 12-man offense sure yeah um i just looking at past uh, uh, production of tight ends that Watson has uh, been a part of. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to value Njoku more or less based on who his quarterback is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that pretty much, you know, quarterback X in there and Njoku's going to do basically what Njoku's done so far. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not higher on him. If I know Watson's playing all 16, let's put it that way. Uh, I just, I don't, it doesn't matter to me uh, as an Njoku holder. I just, I, I think it's whatever. I think he might have more touchdown outside with Watson just because the offense should be better. They might yeah. have more scoring opportunities. So there's probably that. I, but I do agree in that they're going to use the tight ends just as much. It doesn't matter what quarterback it is. Like we've seen Watson throw to nobody at the tight end position in Houston. Darren Fells was getting like seven yeah. touchdowns a year. So it can. Uh, yeah Atkins Akins was Akins yeah Yeah, I don't remember what it was but yeah he yeah exactly that guy he was getting touchdowns so it's really it's really not a big deal who the quarterback is but I I just don't know if this contract makes me love Njoku so if I could trade him for honestly almost any first round pick I'd probably do it uh 23 first round pick for sure I just wonder if his values balloon to that because I think there is a good bit of hype around him. You know, everybody's like, finally, he's getting his shot. And we've really not seen, we've never seen a top five production out of him. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to chase that from this guy because of the contract. So yeah, uh, I'm still holding Bryant though. I have no problem with him. I think that he's in a good spot for a backup tight end. And, and as far as young tight ends go, I mean, and, and just projecting out for like Watson projecting out for like guys leaving, like definitely you know, you got to cover yourself in those situations. Like if you are projecting those things out, you got to make sure that you cover yourself with other assets to make sure that if it doesn't happen, that you're good. And a lot of the times I feel like you do that, Josh, you have a ton of tight ends usually. So. 
That's been the joke on my and the latest startup I'm doing is because it, it's with the same group of guys, uh, my gentleman's league, the same group of guys that I'm in like four or five other leagues with. Bully tight end. Bully <laughs> tight end. But the thing is, tight end, it's a tight end premium league. Um, the way it's formatted is a little wonky. You don't have a dedicated tight end spot, you have more of a flex spot. But with that being said, tight ends are still more valuable. Just really quick, I'll read you the list of tight ends I drafted. Yeah, yeah, go go for it. Just really quick. <laughs> Uh, Mark Andrews, Fryermuth, Jacecki, Trey, Trey McBride. That's a, that's a slew for sure of those mid-range guys. You're going to have a tight end to start no matter what. Every week. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, we're, and by the way, we're still on just the first topic here. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I drafted some of those just because I know at some point somebody's going to need a tight end. Yep. And it just builds me up. Yeah, builds me up for a trade bait. All right, next one. We don't have to talk about it much, but Kaepernick did actually get a real, truly – 100% official workout with the Raiders. Did you guys follow up to, have you heard anything since about it, how it went or anything? Crickets? I heard in Raiders' eyes, it was a very successful workout. Uh, no deal was imminent, but they are going to keep considering him. Um, I think it also proved to the rest of the league that he is still a viable backup option. I don't think anybody's obviously thinking he's going to be a starter, but if... Um, <laughs> who do the Raiders? Who do the Raiders have right now as their backup? I'm drawing a giant blank. Uh, Stidham and I don't know. Nobody. I don't know. I think it. <laughs> I mean, Stidham's enough. I mean, he he honestly, Kaepernick's probably as good as Stidham, right? Yeah. Like, I I really think beginning of training camp they'll probably bring him in at least on a camp deal. What do they have to lose? I mean, if anything, they get a good backup behind uh, Carr, and otherwise, they gave him a shot and. They could say, look, we were the one team that gave him a shot. But by the way, I wouldn't say nobody because pro football talk, and I always forget that jackass who runs that account. But that he, Florida? yeah, yeah, Mike Florio, thank you. Who, he, who, he, yeah, he just used nonsense. Well, he said that Kaepernick would be better than, I think, Tua. He said he would be better than, <laughs> no, he did. Oh, yeah. he, he said no, be I, I believe Tua, you that he better, said that. And then better than, like, you know, 90% of the fucking starters in the league. He said some crazy shit. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say nobody, but I think he'll get a job at some point. I mean, the fact that he got a workout like this serious one is cool for a cap. Sorry, uh, nothing Nick, for fantasy. Nick Mullins is the other backup quarterback. Oh, there uh, you go. Yeah. So the uh, San Francisco superstar. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm personally taking Kaepernick over either of them. And if you do want to get Kaepernick on, if you play sleeper, he's not available. I looked. Oh, wow. Do better right? sleeper. Yeah, I looked. He's not on there. Uh, Madden, Madden just added him back in like three months ago. He was that's out of the game not for a sleeper that's in the no i i get that but i'm just saying just saying in general it's just taking <laughs> sleeper I'm, get, I'm just get with the program get with the program sleeper <laughs> yeah i feel like he died all right uh next one's just <laughs> some camp hype wow okay uh, uh moving on so there's some camp hype coming out of kc and two of the guys that like actually got hype like no we have like Guy Moore, we have Juju there now, and Tyreek Hill's gone, and like you're expecting to hear some good news about those guys. But like one of the reports was that Justin Watson, former Tampa Bay wide receiver, and then Justin Ross, undrafted free agent. There was other two guys getting the hype out of the camp. <laughs> we are we are in June. <laughs> are we are we that knee yeah, knee deep? All right. I don't know if you heard about Ross, but he was at a Kansas City Royals game, I believe, taking some batting practice and supposedly smacked him all over the wall. So that automatically means he's going to be an amazing football player out the gate. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I have zero. I, is, can I have negative interest in, in Justin Watson? Because yeah, that, yeah. Like, that is one of the most camp hype things I've heard in a while. But Justin Ross, fully interested. I didn't really get any of him. I really thought it's kind of the injury and just the fact that he went completely injured after that. I just said, eh, don't touch him. But honestly, Kansas City is a great spot for him. I, you know seen him catch the one-handed pass on the sideline that was probably out of bounds anyway, but still looks good out there. Like it's nice to see that he's running that way and catching balls that way. So I think if he's healthy, like he's going to push, you know, everybody but Juju for, for a spot on that, on that roster. So, I mean, if you pick them up for nothing and he's on your waivers, go pick them up. Like, yeah, I, I think he's got some juice. Yeah. I'm a little sad. I didn't at least pick up one chair, Justin Brush is based on pre-draft kind of where we had him. He's pretty good, pretty good prospect. Um, we let him slip. We let him yeah, slip no, for sure. I'm currently in a fight with somebody in that auction type league I'm in. Yeah, because I'm bidding on him, and he, he's literally waiting till because it's um. I know it's pro it's proxy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's literally waiting till like the eleventh hour and then bidding up a dollar. 
Yeah. And then I come back and bid up a dollar. Yeah. And we've literally been at this for four or five days now. It's just me and him. <laughs> We're just going back and forth for a dollar. I'm like, yeah. I'm not losing him. I mean, obviously I have my limit, but. Next one, uh, Fat Najee. Uh, they said that <laughs> he's coming in. He He's coming in at like 244 or something like that. But, you know, they're saying he, he was playing at 220 last year, and I don't believe that. I think he was playing a little bit heavier than no, that to begin he, with. He says he was playing at 240. He yeah, said, he I, said I the reporters that. don't know anything and that he's, they're making something out of nothing. I, I just thought it was funny because Pat Najee sounds funny. Yeah, Pat Najee sounds really funny. Well, I used to call uh, uh, Penny, Rashad Penny, I used to call him Fat Penny because <laughs> his, first year, his first year in camp, like he got beat out by Chris Carson because dude was overweight. And, you know, we had that whole fat Eddie Lacy thing. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm um, not fat shaming. I just, we have fun here. So no, I, I think, I don't think it really matters. I heard some, I forgot what I was listening to. I heard somebody talking about like, eh, I don't like this. I don't like this, even though they know that he ran it, he was ran at 240 last year. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. That's okay. what he, I mean, he looked all the part of people. I think he needs all the weight he can get on him, to be yeah. honest, because he's going to take a pounding again this year. I think it's smart. As long as it doesn't slow him down too much. If he's 244, if, if he's 244 right now, he's probably going to start the season at like 230, 235, and he'll probably gain weight throughout the season, but he's going to cut down. Of course. Now's the time you want to pack on the pounds when you're doing the, pra- the conditioning and the practice reps and everything. Yep. A lot to do about nothing. I have zero Najee shares, by the way. I got one in the offseason. How? Uh, I, I, oh, how me or him? Both of you. <laughs> I traded away Justin Fields. For Najee straight up? No, I think I, we I, talked about that. I, remember. I got something back, too. Yeah, no, that's not a bad deal. No, that's a good deal. Yeah, I don't have Najee just because I don't want to pay the price for him generally. In any league I'm in with you, the price is way too high. So it's, you know, it's that's three leagues right there out of, out of my, like, that's, what, yeah. nine leagues that I just can't have Najee. So then, you know, the other ones is just no opportunity. I could maybe find a way to get him in, in this auction one this year, or maybe my C2C league, but I don't, he's just not a guy I want to bet on. But I do feel like he's also a guy that could just, you know, eat for years and blow up in my face. So I, I could definitely see it happening. I'm just <laughs> saying I won a good number of leagues last year because of Najee. I just, I don't, I, I think I could get another guy that will produce the same that I'm just more comfortable with. And that's where I'm at with it. I could be wrong on, on him in general, but you know. Just like I'll who Najee like oh, wait no, no, who, no. who could I get who you, that's yeah who do you honestly like who do you think is comparable that will put up the same numbers what's this year the, what's the Dalvin Cook? sure sure but am I like going after Dalvin Cook instead of Najee I mean maybe for the price probably probably pretty cheap to get what is Dalvin Cook's price I mean we're here we've gotten here we're off the rails what's what's Dalvin Cook's price right now like do you do I need it do I need to give more than 110 for Cook yeah, I don't know. Right, right now, yes. Right now, I think it's still that preseason hype. People are expecting him to come back healthy and strong. And really <laughs> Look at your eyes face. You don't, you don't like it. But what would you trade for for Dalvin Cook, Uriah? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd one ten, sure. Would, no, but would you, if you had Dalvin Cook, what would you accept for Dalvin Cook? Ah. Uh. Yeah, not nah, different that, answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So would it take like, you know, would you take a late first and a 2023 second or a 2023 first and a third? Yeah, probably. Hmm. Depending on what my team is, right? If, I, if I'm planning on winning this year, then I'm going to keep Dalvin Cook, which okay. I think we'll talk about a little bit later. But I don't know. I, are, are Swift and Najee comparable in price? Because I'd much rather have Swift. And I, I know that he's above Najee, but like how, how far is that? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, that's the on, kind of thing. Um, on D- Dynasty Trade Calculator, Swift is 13 points higher than Dalvin. Okay. What about Najee? No, Najee. That's what I was talking about. I was talking about Najee. Oh. Najee is above Swift. So you're looking at about 14 points higher than uh, Dalvin. No, I want Sorry. Who Swift want? and Najee. That's it. Uh, those two. Those are, they're pretty much comparable. Najee is one point higher. There we go. In a four, this is, I'm, I'm doing a 14 team. One, but he's one box. point higher. So he's actually valued higher than Swift. Yeah, yeah Najee. I'll take Swift. So I'll take Swift. That's that's who I would, I would much rather have Swift. Like in especially if like I can get him cheaper in a draft and and whatnot. And just to give you an idea, Dalvin right now, according to DTC for fourteen team league, is comparable to the one. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to pull up my rankings so I can see where I have Najee compared to like who else. I mean, really, like I have Najee pretty far up here. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I actually he, he's my he's my running back five. Yeah. So I you know. Yeah, like I'd take I'd take Barkley over him still, and that's about it. 
like I have Eckler right there next to him, underneath him. So yeah, there's not there's not much. You take Barkley over Najee? They're the same age, and Barkley's a better running back. Yeah. I'm just asking, not that. Yeah, yeah. Short of the injury stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. That's not bad. I've actually I've actually been trying to buy. <laughs> Sorry, last thing. I've been actually trying to buy Barkley this offseason, and it's been harder than I expected. Yeah, I'm not selling. I've been asked a bunch of times, and I'm I'm still. He was cheap in drafts. He's not cheap to buy for some reason. It's a, it's a very strange thing. Uh, I, I've tried to buy him for a couple seconds and all that kind of stuff, which I think is where you want to get him. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to kind of make the risk, take the risk on of selling first for him. So, yeah, next. We're good. Workshopping JMO take. I'm guessing this is a Billy. This is a quick one for me. All I'm right. just workshopping this take, and I'm going to just put it out there for the world. Uh, so... Jameson Williams is a poor man's Jerry Judy. He's the bargain brand Jerry Judy. Okay. Like people get, I just think people need to like temper the expectations and realize that this class in general, despite how hyped it is, like how hyped you are right now for it. And these guys, like they were a lesser class than all, than most of the classes before them and the ones that are coming after them. And that means that the prospects in those other ones were better than these guys. And just from like I did the I did the prospect evaluation, which I've obviously improved over the the past couple of years. But I did that evaluation on Judy, so I have, I remember very well, you know what kind of guy he is and how he plays. And I was much more impressed with him and Devonta Smith and those kind of guys than than I am with Jamison Williams, who is smaller if than than Devonta Smith and just can't beat press, can't really deal with contact more of a speed guy, more of schemed up with these screenplays and stuff in college. And he's talented for sure. He's probably going to do, you know, some stuff in the NFL. But I just think, reel it in. This is my take. Bargain brand, Jerry Judy. Cosign. Okay. <laughs> Stamp it. of Thank approval. You. Thank Stamp you. Appreciate approval. it. <laughs> All right. More word, Lance isn't the guy. I didn't pull up the tweet I saw on this, but I saw that it was like two two guys in the locker room, two veterans, whether it was receivers or whatever, whatever it was. You could probably go find it out there on Twitter. They would said that, you know, yeah, Lance isn't the guy. Like it was essentially that was the quote. The you know the more and more you hear this stuff, does it worry you? Do you think that it's just reporters trying to you know kind of grudge up stuff or or make news out of kind of nothing? Maybe they took some guys' words out of context. You know what I mean? Or are are we kind of selling on Lance? Because you know me and you, you're I. We have this problem in in our in our uh, Devi league. <clears throat> you know we have Lance. We have a couple other quarterbacks. We could move on from him and try to figure it out. And the more and more I hear these things, it kind of is getting to me. Yeah, it's something to worry about, some of the stuff that we've heard. One thing that comes to mind is, you know, Trey Lance doesn't have the best relationship with the media. It sounds like I saw an interview where they're like, hey, how do you feel about the talk about you not being the guy, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, he's like, honestly, it's not my job to care what you guys say. He's like, it's my job to, you know, listen to what the guys in the locker room say and, you know, have a report with them and everything's you know, kosher there. So what you guys write about, et cetera, it, it means no nothing to me, which, you know, that's like, you know, big dick energy. And I kind of, I, I like that. So hopefully it's true. Hopefully the guys in the locker room do like him. Uh, I don't know, but as a Lance uh, manager, yeah, man, I mean, it's, I've been shaky about him all off season. Like I, I want him to be something, but I just like, I don't know. Garoppolo's still there. They're not sure if he's going to, get traded or not uh you think if they were all in on lance they would have tried to do something by now so yeah i don't know it's shaky i just i don't want to miss out on the possibility of having the star konami code quarterback but i also don't want to be left with the bag you know so i don't know it's it, it's hard i'll be the first to say i'm very in the, my two leagues i have trey lance i've been trying to move him since i got the word that i got and i'm amazed at how little inter- trade interest he's generated um, I don't know if it's this media attention, negative media attention, if it's people are just nervous because they don't know exactly what to do. Um, but yeah, I'm very surprised at how little trade gen- uh, trade interest I've generated from trying to get out, uh, rid of Trey Lance or get out of Trey Lance. Yeah, uh, people are probably hearing the same things we're hearing, right? You know, everybody, you know, if you're in a league with 12 people, which is the standard, uh, 
you know, well maybe, done. We'll bring that full circle. You know, there's probably you know uh, at least one of those guys that isn't actually on on the Twitter box all the time. You know, I know I'm in multiple leagues where there's at least one, if not more, that just don't do Twitter, which it's probably best for him anyway. We were just talking in console wars, and two two guys in console wars said they don't Twitter. So yeah, see, it's right there, right there for you. Good and good for them. Good for them for not being on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, they're they're missing out. I swear, I swear they. <laughs> I and by the way, I did not mean that sarcastically at all. I seriously am giving you props for not being on Twitter. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> a hard thing to not be on all the social medias and stuff for sure. Yeah, with Lance, I do think that there's a way to not get help. Help not. I we know we've done the research. Like we can bring it back up and throw it on the Patreon too. I think I still have the sheet. We did the research of how close the points per game are between the Konami Goad quarterbacks and, you know, the top end passers. So I think that you can find a middle ground to get yourself out of Lance and still get enough points where you're, you just don't feel bad about missing out on if you really hit that upside though, you know, obviously the top end guys like Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, when they do that, you do get that extra boost, but you know, to, to just always hope for that. I think that we're hoping for a little too much. So I'm kind of ready to get out on Lance. That's just where I'm kind of ending on that one. So we probably have done some more rookie drafting since the last time we were on here. Uh, what are some of the late round dart throws that you guys have both been uh, attacking? I'm pretty sure that I, I've stayed kind of home with the, uh, the guys or the prospects that I've, that I've graded out and really just kind of liked up to this point. Not much has changed. I feel like I'm trying to see who, who some guys, maybe some guys off of waivers are, are some guys I've found really because in the rookie drafts, I mean, so some guys on waivers, like I saw Charlie Kohler hit waivers, Kate Auden, like yep. those are some late round guys who I'm, I'm, you know, intrigued by. I'm like, all right, well, Mark Andrews backup. Sure. Uh, Kate Auden will be Gronk's backup because I think he'll come back, but often injured, you know, other than that, I mean, I did find Kyle Phillips on a couple of waiver wires. So that's a guy who I've been talking up a lot and we're seeing all sorts of hype videos on Twitter with him, right? Like with his yep. quick, quick foot speed and stuff like that. So quick footwork. So yeah, I, I think those are three that I've, I've been able to pick up off waivers. So those are late as it can get, right? For me, the three that really stood out first off, um, and I know I'm going to butcher these names. So everybody just get prepared, book yourself. In. <laughs> we know. Um, I know. Velis Jones. Yep. Okay. For, 45 year old Velis Jones. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey, I've been grabbing him everywhere <laughs> I could. Again, off season coach hype, but I'll buy into it. With, especially with the Chicago receivers, receiving core. Next is Calvin Austin. That's the Pittsburgh guy, right? Pittsburgh? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, good bet on Pittsburgh wide receivers, right? Usually. And then finally, Isaiah Paccio. Yeah, good, good call right. out. Yeah, good shout. Kansas City running back. Mm-hmm. Very fast. Yeah. I was reading some tape and his speed and everything, and unfortunately CH's injury to me made him a smart play. And then Ross, as we were talking about earlier. And then I got one share of David Bell. Okay. Yeah, mine are kind of the same when it hits waivers. Like you had uh, Caller and Phillips were out there. Those are two guys that like when I saw them, I was like, man, I kind of, I probably should have put in for those guys. Kind of now wishing I had missed out. There was really nowhere I've seen on waivers. Justin Ross is a guy that I did not attack, but I wish I had. One I'm still pretty happy with is my million shares of Romeo Dubs. Thank you, Billy, for putting me on to this guy. I'm still pretty high on him in his landing spot. And all reports so far is that he does look more pro-ready than the higher drafted wide receiver, Christian Watson, which makes me super happy because I've been on the hill of Watson is not very good and he's not going to produce. And I'll probably be wrong, but we'll see. The, the more reports I hear about Dubs doing better than Watson just makes me a happy guy knowing that maybe my process doesn't suck that bad <laughs> that's that's how we should look at it it's not great it just doesn't suck that bad yeah, right yeah right uh we're hearing also good things about Wandale out of OTAs right like we heard that he's doing like he's just a standout every every day we saw that catch by him so he's looking good oh we heard from I think Dable that he could play on the inside but he also thinks that he can do some things on the outside so they I guess they you know from a coach speak perspective we know that can be bs but on the surface, maybe they think he can do just about everything, and that maybe that's a good sign. We'll see what happens there. Uh, another guy I want to shout out was Jay Sean Corbin at FSU. He's Saquon Barkley's backup, pretty much. 
outside of uh, what's the other guy. There's there's somebody else there, but it's really like pretty much him, and he's a he's a burner. So he's a he's a guy who's like on everybody's waivers. I feel like, and and you can definitely snag him. And these aren't rookies, but I I, I just feel like we should mention it because everybody else is mentioning it. And it's worth it. If Tylen Wallace hit the waivers, if James Prochet and Devin Duvernay, I guess those are just guys like they really don't have anybody else outside of Rashad Bateman in Baltimore. So it's worth just having them on your roster. Oh, and really quick. One more is Bill Melton. Yeah. The wide receiver. Yep. Seattle. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Cause we still don't really know exactly what's going to go on with the uh, locket. So cool. Cool. I had one more, but it was Gabriel Davis related and I just, I don't have it in me tonight. So <laughs> Oh man, really? Oh, I was interested in that one. I have that one up. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll you walk hate, through you, it. you hate when I when I go crazy on Gabriel Davis. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, it was. <laughs> you have the like, do you have the you have the thread pulled I, up? I now? have it up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, he went. He went. You know, Gabriel Gabriel Davis will be a top ten wide receiver this season. Here's why. Thread. Come on. Like right there, well, you lose top me, ten. But, come on. Yeah. Like really, you lost me with at hello, really, but. <laughs> Anyway, uh, during the playoffs, we saw Gabe Davis take leaps. So we're hearing again the small sample size argument and, mm-hmm. you know, the hype of the playoff four touchdown game, which just inflates his his he put this two games. So he says thir- 13 targets, 10 receptions. I swear one of those games he had like three on like 10 targets or whatever it was. So it's just like skewing the stats of course then he goes with both players are gone the bills have opened up so vacated targets argument in the second didn't mention it... that they drafted <laughs> the... a slot wide receiver and they signed a free agent slot wide receiver yep yep that stuff doesn't matter and then he went through a couple of you know decent stats as far as like a dot yards per reception target separation stats were that he was pretty high in uh, and maybe he was but i think it was also again a limited sample size a limited you know target share that he's getting that you're seeing you know a target separate of four he's fourth ranked in target separation like who cares oh, who cares but also like was there a, a threshold of targets like what I, i'd like to know how that stat was built out let me just put it that way where was we talked to Zachary last week. Where is the separation happen? Is this separation when he gets the ball or at, you know, where, where the ball finally gets to him or did he separate before the ball came out of the quarterback's hands? Like, is he separating off the line? Right? Like we don't know. So then he goes into like a, some like success rate numbers on sharp analytics and some other stuff. So just kind of, I think the tired old trope that we've been hearing about Gabe Davis going to explode but this is to i think some of the highest heights we've seen top 10 receiver really like that's where we're going really i mean please i'll I'll eat crow for it if that happens but my god i think that's just a ridiculous kind of projection yeah honestly if if he produces top 24 i'll be i'll be shocked i'll be like well i was wrong there if it's anything higher than that like holy crap like I, i totally missed on this guy who's you know a 67 reception guy the kid deserves more targets i just don't think that he is going to get to the target share that you want him to get to i think that it's a lot of it's going to be funneled so the digs like usual he's going to throw to Knox. he's going to run the ball a ton he does like he doesn't distribute the ball that much and you are you're betting that gabriel davis is a 10 target guy like that's what you want you want him to be a 10 target guy right like i don't know i just i don't buy it i just don't buy it and at the price way too high we're talking about it again I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Same old argument. And I guy gets a hundred and fucking 50 likes on the same argument that's been spewed out like 400 times. Like, all right, man, I'm yeah. done. I'm done. It, it was a well put out thread. It just blah. It was well put out, but um... yeah. All right. So here's a question we have going on in uh, console wars. So console wars are, are league we talk about all the time. The first run of waivers after the rookie draft that we had a couple weeks ago, just ran actually today. But we had a situation that you don't normally, that I've never seen really come across, where there actually is a blue chip player available in the free agent pool because you have to cut down your rosters and somebody decided they wanted to cut down and Dalton Schultz was not worth keeping <laughs> in a 1.5 tight end premium league. So he was out there. I will say to my defense, I noticed that and I put a max bid all my fab on him uh, about 20 minutes later, like 22 22 and 15 seconds or something. And uh, <laughs> so 
you know, so I tried to see if we could tr trade for fab because I want to make sure I had more than the max. And in this league, you can't trade for fab. So two parts. So stupid. Should fab be tradable? Yes. Billy. Absolutely. Fab should be tradable. Every asset you have in Dynasty should be tradable. And is it that, sorry, you're right. Sorry to cut you off, but did either of you know it was not tradable? This entire time, I thought we could trade. <laughs> I thought that. it was. Oh, in, yeah. in console wars, I'm yes. a commissioner. I thought it was tradable. I didn't know it okay. was tradable. Making yeah. sure I'm not the only one left in the dark here. So we had one share because it's a three share league uh, of Dalton Schultz sitting out there. And the fact is, I don't even think that like 28 other managers even realized that he got dropped. There's probably like five or six of us like, ooh. And, I had uh, no idea until the chat started blowing exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, bless his heart, Ben, really good commissioner, had to come up with a, a, a tiebreaker rule. And so at first well, he said... Let, sorry to cut you off. The issue was is that it's the main tiebreaker during the season is based off of... It's like based off of record, and then it's a waterfall of different things. Yes. And we're in the offseason, and there was a major influx of new managers taking over orphans there was a dispersal draft so ben was put all all three of us myself ben and lewis the commissioners were put in a tough spot of like the hell do we do here to make everybody happy it was going to be timestamp which is why i asked this question i said if uh all, you know it's say if there's a player that could potentially go for 100 fab and waivers running a couple of dates and five owners all did the same how do you decide which manager gets the player and the obvious answer is me <laughs> but you know so you you had a whole lot of uh you know first waiver win loss record stuff like that how do you think it how do you think is the most fair in this situation what do you think is the most fair way to do this i like am super easy going about these things yeah. i had a bid in i wanted him i didn't give a fuck what happened you know what i mean like what happens happens like you 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 just kind of let things roll you know what i mean so i was cool just letting it happen whatever it was set by, and I think it was just going to go by what it ended up going by, which was the first to bid, right? Because we don't have records or anything like that. So I think the most fair thing to do is just let it ride. And the first person who ever put a bid in should, should have got the player. And I don't know if that's how it happened because things got like a little reset. People had people put in new bids. Like it was all talked about. I've never seen a waiver thing happen where so much was discussed yeah. about a pickup openly and it, and it had to be because of the situation it was just very strange personally i think billy you should have recused yourself from the decision making only because only because you had a bid in for him i, I took my bid out before okay. the end of it yeah because okay. we not all, i think all of us took our bids out uh the okay. commissioners yeah that's fair but that, it's a hard one to figure out because if there's nothing no precedent in place from or anything in the rules it's kind of fly by night and you have to come up with a rule on the spot obviously somebody's going to piss off at some point oh sorry so so i just went back in the messages and found what ben said he said i can define a custom waiver order based on last year's finish i just realized that so i'll do that because essentially the rule hasn't changed so that's what he did and that's what happened okay because I was, I was going to say the other thing if it did if it was first come like first bid first get he should in my opinion he should have posted the timestamps. and i'm sure he would that's, yeah yeah but the tiebreaker was then first to bid after a record or after last year's record. So, um, which does keep the rule the same as it was, cause that's what it was going to be. Um, but there was no, there was no like good way to fix it. Right. Like that was a situation where, like I said, the dispersal draft happened, all that stuff happened. So that, that kind of, you know, mucks up the order. And then you have the issue of the rule isn't right. If you do it the other way. Right. So like you, and then you have 36 people you're trying to make happy. So it was one of those situations where we just had to find something that most people in the group would just deal with. And that's kind of what it ended up being. So life of a commissioner, just one of those things, you know, we talk about this very often on here. It's just one of those. And, you know, not everybody will run into this, but I bet somebody will one day and hopefully they listen to this. <laughs> All right, cool. Also check your fab settings, check your fab settings, check make, your sure, fab that, settings, make yeah. sure it's tradable, please, yeah, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to vote on that and have it changed next year. So that's cool. Yes, absolutely. All right. So uh, one thing I want to talk about, because we, we kind of did this last year, and this is like an easy way, I think, to look at kind of maybe uh, buy sells for people, mostly people contending. <clears throat> or if you're looking to ship some uh, players too, this is actually probably not that useful. But Sleeper gives us free ADP data uh, every month. They did started doing this last year, and this is the first time we Last year was the first time we kind of looked at this. And I think it's kind of useful 
because it's looking at ADP for redraft leagues and then ADP for dynasty leagues. And we all know that people playing redraft, they don't really care if that player's on their team next year. They're just looking for points. That's all they want. And then you have dynasty, which you'll have ADP of rookies or people who haven't performed. Maybe second year guys are up there a little bit higher because they're young and dynasty cares about young and longevity. So I kind of want to take a look at a couple different players, I think. Um, maybe you guys, you know, if you have any ideas of like who you wanted to compare, we could look at that. But some of the biggest ones I want to look at, which I think are buys for running back buys for contenders based on ADP and just kind of give you the big difference. Uh, I'm not saying this very well, but. No, you said it great. So, so we have players that are kind of mixed here as a difference in round of ADP in redraft versus round of ADP in uh, dynasty. And you have like Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Damian Harris, James Conner. All those guys are about, we'll say 23 picks later in dynasty than they are in redraft, which is saying that, hey, in redraft, folks who are trying to score points are willing to take these players damn near two rounds ahead of where folks in dynasty startups are taking these players. That to me is saying that, Hey, maybe you go out there in your dynasty leagues and try to make a, a trade for Aaron Jones, uh, Derek Henry, Zeke Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Damian Harris, James Conner, because these guys aren't going to cost you nearly as much as they should based on probably the amount of points they're going to put up. Yeah. I, I love these suggestions specifically. Fournette, James Connor for this year for contenders, they're going to be cheaper than most of the other ones. Even Zeke, honestly, Zeke is the one that he has like insulated value because he's probably going to last for at least two years based on contract alone. You know what I mean? So I think that he has a little bit more longevity as well. But the the Leonard Fournette and James Connor, they're so cheap and they're going to they have so much upside this year. I heard somebody from DFF. We kind of had a little dispute on Twitter about whether Rashad White would have a big impact this year on Leonard Fournette and he thinks that you know he's gonna take away a ton of receiving work from him I he I can't see it couldn't even that's not even I wouldn't even consider that as a, as a worry when I'm thinking about Leonard Fournette producing this year so yeah I think that a lot of people are scared off of him a little bit Derrick Henry might be still a little too expensive for for my liking but I mean doesn't matter what I think because that's just what the ADP says. So maybe there's opportunity. Yeah. For instance, like Derrick Henry in your redraft leagues, he's going to 112. He's still a first round running back because wow. he's probably going to give you first round running back points, even coming off that injury. But in Dynasty, he's going at 33.4. Mm-hmm. So right there, that's telling you, hey, there, there's a value there. This is strictly for people trying to win this year. Yes. If you're trying, you know, this is really not going to help you in a rebuild. These values are not. Ezekiel Elliott in redraft, he's going at pick 49, which is still like that in itself. That's a steal. That's going to go way up. It has to. I I think in DU too, he went in like the eighth or ninth round DU. Like it was crazy where he went. In uh, dynasty startups, he's going at uh, basically pick 72. You know what I mean? So these are, these are interesting little tidbits just to see how redraft drafters are valuing these guys versus dynasty drafters are valuing these guys. Because again, these redraft guys, they don't care about value. They're not trying to trade or get assets for next year or anything like that. They're trying to win. So really quick in the startup I was talking about earlier, he went 73 overall. See, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's about, that's about his ADP. That's where it is. It's man. crazy. Yeah. Aaron Jones redraft is pick 43. And in Dynasty, pick 64. A little bit closer, but that there's some value there to be gained. Yeah, I mean, you could get CQL Elliott's being valued about, I don't know, seven, eight picks later in Dynasty than Aaron Jones. Just for shits. What's Najee? Oh, let's do it. He's going to be on the top of this list, probably. Actually, it's, I, well, Najee Harris. He has a difference of minus 0.3. So mm. it's exactly the same. Redraft, 10.3. Dynasty, 10.6. So he's one of those guys that's like, he's still valued in the dynasty community because he's young and he's going to produce and everybody knows it. And in the redraft, everybody knows he's young and he's going to produce. The best one on here, he's a tight end, but Mark Andrews is valued equally on both platforms, which lets you know he is the dude, right? Everybody knows he's the dude. And it makes sense. He's young. He's in the perfect situation and it's going to happen for multiple years, most likely for him. So it's like, it just, it it works out perfectly for redraft and for uh, dynasty. And I feel like, 
I don't know if this is true, but I assume it is that if we, I mean, because I don't know how dynasty you could do it this way, but Peter Howard always talks about how ADP is generally on point. Like it's pretty good. Right. And I don't think he's, maybe he is talking about dynasty, but I assume he's not because dynasty you're projecting out for you. You're picking guys earlier. I assume we're talking about redraft ADP in that perspective because it's, you know, there are values you can find, but generally if you follow the ADP, you're going to be pretty good. You're gonna have a pretty good team, you know? So with that said, kind of looking at the redraft ADP, like your eye is doing for us here, it's, it's a good tool to use to kind of find these values in dynasty where everybody's just fading them. Are there any other ones that you wanted to mention your Yeah. I'm trying to look at some. Cause we like, I'd love, we can also bring this in next week too. Cause I'm sure we can, we can talk about a lot of players as far as this goes. Yeah, and then maybe just a couple cells. You had like Chuba Hubbard mm-hmm. with a plus fourteen. So Chuba Hubbard, and this is he's late, well, really late round guy, but like getting drafted one sixty five in dynasty and almost one eighty in redraft. Let you know the guys who are trying to score points are pretty much out on him, but like folks are still holding on to Chuba a little bit. So I think yeah. if you get something for Chuba, go ahead and do that. I've been trying in one league and it's been tough, but I am try- I'm going to try to pack him with Robert Woods. Maybe I think that's the way to get rid of Chuba is use him as like a kicker in a deal and get more than you or get what you want. Like that you've been trying to get, that's the way to use those kind of guys. But those are, that's great. Right. Like those are great ones to find that where the dynasty community is holding on to hope way too long. And the redraft community is like, bro, they ain't doing anything, man. <laughs> like, the next three that are kind of grouped together, which is just fun to look at is Deandre Swift, Jake Dobbins and Travis Etienne. They're all getting drafted way ahead of in dynasty way ahead of their redraft ADP. So you have like a guy like Dobbins going 60th in redraft and 48 in dynasty you have a guy like deandre swift going 30 in redraft and 16 in dynasty and then etienne not too bad but 62 in redraft and 52 in dynasty so the redraft guys aren't necessarily as high on these guys but these guys are young these are young running backs and that's why they have that value in dynasty so but they're very obviously very very tradable so that's all i have just some interesting stuff i didn't really get to put together a whole big workshop on them but uh useful information anyway did you put together a spreadsheet for that or no i yeah i have it sorted um i could post it on just send it to me at least or share it with us no yeah i'm interested also and then we could talk talk about it a little more next week um really really quick i should have brought this up earlier but i'm amazed at how expensive james robinson went for in console wars oh yeah that's true I, i had a very healthy bid in for him and not that healthy. I, no, I think I bid 500 on him, five, 600 on him. And I thought, so, did somebody spend a thousand or 900? Nine, or? 900. Yeah. I was the one that dropped him. Really? I, clearly, there is a little bit more value there. Damn. Yeah. It's not, uh, I will talk about it. You left some meat on the bone, huh? I, I, I dropped him because I was trying to get my roster. I have this thing about making sure my roster limits are like within spec at all time, even <laughs> when we have this like extended range. So he just ended up in one of the guys. Like I ended up dropping him and Mossert, and Mossert even went for some bucks. But uh, you need to yeah. offer these guys in yeah. the chat. That's a lesson learned. Offer them in the chat and see what people say because clearly somebody was interested in them enough to do that. And also, I think it's worth thinking to yourself. We've had enough discussions about Fab and like, in the console wars chat about, you know, what's, you know, what's a fab worth compared to like a fourth round pick? Like, would you spend all your fab for a fourth round pick, you know, essentially like that kind of stuff or how much would you spend? I think it's kind of worth like putting that value in your mind, figuring out what that is to you. So you can go out and like, be like, all right, well, I think James Robinson is worth a third round pick. Let me go offer him for 300 fab. Let me go offer him for whatever, you know, like you can literally go make the, or let me go, whatever it is. Like, if you think that you're going to spend that much money on this kind of guy, you can kind of gauge what other people are going to spend. You can kind of figure out what you can get for these kind of guys, I think. So it's just one of those things. And to come full circle on it, that's a guy that I spent a hundred percent of my fab on two years ago. <laughs> uh, whatever uh, mistake on my part. I, 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 you know, in the long run, it's not going to matter, but no, don't, don't do, don't do what I did. It won't hurt you much in the long run, but 
leaving a little meat on the bone you just don't want to feel that way you know it's I know. annoying I, i've done it too it. i i've dropped a couple of guys like i think last year i forgot who it was i dropped that i was just like furious at myself for doing and it was the same thing so happens oh right now i'm in the boat in another league i'm i don't have to drop them yet but i know at some point i'm gonna have to drop them because of the rookies i'm bringing in and it's like fuck who do i want to drop out of this list which is also i think a reason why it's super hard to make a trade right now because everybody's just waiting to see who people drop versus spending up for them of course. In talking about this, do we want to talk about this poll that we put up real quick? Sure. Just, just curious because we we're in a chat and uh, Josh was hounding me about not having uh, ADP data for 14 or 16 team leagues. No. I, okay. And, what? I was let me just say my very... piece. Let me sorry. say my piece. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to be Stephen A on here. Let me. It's my turn now. <laughs> and I'm going to refrain like, from saying what I was going to say. He's like, hey, uh, you know, do you have 14 or 16? I was like, well, no, this ADP that is free and it's for leagues within, you know, 10 to 12 people. And they sort it by like most recent and try to get rid of rookie drafts. It's, it's pretty cleaned up for us. You know, it's pretty useful. Yeah. And Josh is like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like everybody plays 14 and 16 team leagues now. I'm like, really do they? So we did put out a poll on the Dynasty Underdog Twitter and at a whopping 73.6%, everyone says, they play in 12 team leagues, which honestly surprised me. I mean, I, <laughs> I, in hindsight, I figured that would probably won, but I was, I thought it'd be a little more spread out and I was not hounding you that we should have had the data for the other. <laughs> My simple question was what team, what league size is this data set from? And yeah. then you said 10 to 12 and I'm like, wow, I'm very surprised that it's not 14, 16 teams. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. surprised. I mean, <laughs> they probably could aggregate it all together, but either way, this is definitely what most people play. And I think our, I mean, we know now our, our 10 and 12, this is 140 votes, but that's a decent sample size of yep. people. And, and yeah, 12 overwhelmingly. And that's, I, we, me and Josh were kind of talking about it before. And I'm in, I think a 14 team, a 36 team, which is wild. And then all my other ones, I think are 12, all of them. So yeah, I mean, I'm right in there in the same boat with everybody else. And if we look at some of the comments, Shane Swagger, friend of the show, we've had him on, guest of the show. Uh, one 10 team, about 24, 12 team, two 14, three 16, 132. A bunch of comments about 12s. Uh, there was another one I think was similar with uh, 0, 10, 4, 12, 4, uh, 1, 14, 2, 16, and a 432. This man is well, an this absolute guy's a... fiend. Yeah, shout out to at the food. D-A-P-H-U-D. This guy is a, he's a rock star. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Champ. All right. Yeah, that was cool. Just cool seeing that and just kind of getting the community involved. Love doing that. That's it. You got anything else? No, that's it. That's the end. All right. Thank you everyone for giving this week's episode of Dynasty Underdog a listen. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just Your IFF, at Willie Beaton DFF, and at Josh Goldberg. Make sure you follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dynasty Underdog.